Hey everyone, this is Giordano from The Juice Media. Welcome back to The Juice Media Podcast, a companion to the Honest Government Ad Series. This episode of the podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land, and it is the companion to our latest Honest Government ad about hung parliaments. You might remember us from the last ad we made about preferential voting. We hope you haven't watched it, because the last thing we want you to know is how to use it to vote for a not-shit candidate at the coming election. You know, one who isn't owned by these guys and who'll fight for your kids' future rather than theirs. Because if enough of you give your first preference vote to not-shit candidates, some of them might win some seats and become not-shit MPs. And if that happens, this election will end up with... A hung parliament. The reason I wrote this Honest Government ad now is that we're heading for a crucial national election here in Australia in the first half of 2022. It's crucial because we cannot afford another three years of climate shit fuckery like the world witnessed from this government at the COP26 summit in Glasgow. And whilst their policies on climate might differ in some regards, neither major party here is promising to phase out coal and gas and transition to renewables this decade, which is what the science is saying must happen. And since a very likely outcome in the coming election is a hung parliament, which is one in which neither the shit nor the shit light party win enough seats to form a majority government on their own, they will very likely have to rely on the support of not shit candidates to form a minority government. Which is why it's so important that people understand what hung parliaments and minority governments are. And it's why we made this Honest Government ad. And to be clear, when I say not shit candidate, that's my shorthand for any party or independent candidate with strong science-based policies for dealing with the climate crisis and who does not take money from fossil fuel companies, which basically excludes the major parties. And to help us get into more detail about all this, I'm stoked to have as my guest today someone who is right at the heart of the insurgence of not shit candidates who are fronting up at this election. Simon Holmes Accord. Simon is a whole bunch of things. He's an energy transition analyst, clean tech investor, and a pioneering force in the Australian community's renewable energy movement as a founding member of Hepburn Wind, the country's first community-owned wind farm. But most recently, he's been making headlines for his work at Climate 200, the group he created to support not-shit candidates in the coming election. The government's been shitting its pants about the Climate 200 and the lineup of strong independent candidates that Simon is helping to run in this election. And so, I thought, this troublemaker would make the perfect guest for this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy our chat, and I'll catch you on the other side. Welcome back to the Juice Media Podcast, Simon Holmes Court. It's really good to have you back. Great to be on, Jordana. Uh, last time you were on the podcast was in 2000 and early 2020. We spoke about climate and energy policy. We've now uh, upgraded. You were the first guest that we had when we when we took the podcast to YouTube, and now you're the first guest on our on the couch. Set, on the couch. <laughs> this is actually where we filmed the Honest Government ads. We've pulled the green screen aside, so this is literally behind the screen. Uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do more of these when uh, the chance arises. But thanks very much for joining us today. My pleasure. As a result of the work that you've been doing, you've become a bit of a lightning rod for uh, attacks from senior government MPs and also from the media. So can you take us on a bit of a journey? What's been happening in the last two years? Uh, you know, Who are you? What have you been helping to build with the Climate 200? And why have you been pissing off all the right people? Well, I'm Simon Holmes Record. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, I... Uh I mean, at the end of the day, I, I look for what is the most effective thing I can do uh, to get action, primarily on, on climate change. That's my, pro- that's my primary purpose. Um, so why, why are we going backwards and striking at the root? Um, you know, what is the root? The root is we have the wrong composition in parliament. 
to make progress on these issues. And so that's what I've been focusing a lot of effort over this year. But it really goes back to 2019 election where we got our start. So what is the Climate 200? How, why did you start this uh, group and what, what is it doing? Climate 200, very simply, uh, provides an opportunity for ordinary Australians uh, to contribute to the funding of candidates who are going to um, uh, get into Parliament and move us forward on a number of issues, not just climate, the three issues we lead on, uh, science-based response to climate change, restoring integrity to politics, and uh, the treatment and safety of women in Australia. So those three issues are sort of our founding, you know, our, our North Star issues. Um, uh, and, and we provide a vehicle or a method where ordinary Australians can help uh, people who are standing up in their communities, um, help them have a fighting chance in a mm -hmm. political system that's, that's stacked very much in the favour of the party machines, help them, um, uh, I guess, help level the playing field so that they might have a chance to get in Parliament right. and we achieve real representation. Right. So then, given that all of these things are, are reasonable uh, policy positions, why is the Morrison government shitting itself so much about what you're doing? Why are you such a threat? Um, so let me just um, talk from Climate 200's perspective. We don't, we don't start campaigns. We don't go looking for campaigns. We don't choose candidates. We, um, we, we telegraph the, you know, the, the issues we're interested in and campaigns come to us. Um, there's, there's an organisation uh, Cathy McGowan set up called the Community Independence Project. And uh, early this year, uh, so Cathy McGowan was, was the first independent member for INDI. Um, mm. She was elected, I believe, the 2013 election, re-elected in 2016. And in 2019, uh, we, um, uh, she resigned uh, and her seat was won by her successor, chosen um, by the same community group to succeed her, uh, Helen Haynes. And it's the first time in Australia's history that an independent has handed the reins over to another independent. So Cathy set up the Community Independence Project, which was aimed at... Um, uh, answering the question, you're in a community, you want to, you want to repeat the success of Indi. Where do you, where do you even start? Um, Kathy ran a, a conference earlier this year, back in February. Uh, she ran uh, this conference. Three hundred people turned up from seventy-two electorates, uh, and they learned how to, um, well, how how it was done in Indi, uh, where where she ran, and and also uh, how it was done in Warringah, where Zali Stegall took the seat from Tony Abbott. Of those, um, of those 300 people, there's about 30 communities around the country that have been working all year um, and are at um, fairly advanced stages with community campaigns. Uh, I reckon 20 of them will put a pretty good showing up at this election, and we've seen already about maybe 10 of them announce very, very strong candidates for these campaigns. So we wait until we see strong candidates with community backing uh, in winnable seats uh, that align with our values, um, and when they come forward, um, we, you know, we we talk to them about how we can help them, um, you know, how we can help them compete mm -hmm. in in the, uh, you know, in, in in the electorates that they want to contest. Yeah. Okay. And by that helping them, you mean helping with funding because running yeah. for an election is an expensive, hugely it, it, expensive, right. hugely expensive. So it's 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 um for for a city campaign, um, you know, an, an urban seat you're not serious unless you've got a, a million dollar budget. Um, mm -hmm. Now for the big parties, it's, 
it's it's not that hard mm-hmm. um, to to allocate a million dollars. They they'll um they really only need to fight in twenty or thirty seats, mm-hmm. um, the twenty or thirty marginal seats mm-hmm. for the election. So in a way, what you're doing is you're leveling the playing mm-hmm. field. Yeah, and, and that's not the only um uh, area where it's stacked against um the the income. You know, the political parties have um. Uh, uh, have have uh, tax deductibility status well before the election, whereas the independents only get it in the very last few weeks. Right. Uh, the incumbents get um, printing allowances, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year of taxpayer-funded printing allowances that's, that puts propaganda into your letterbox that taxpayers fund. Independents mm-hmm. don't get any of that. So, yeah, you, you an independent needs access to significant mm-hmm. money just to be able to be on a level playing field. My question was, why is the government shitting its pants? And uh, and I want to get uh, get back to that because I feel like yeah. that was all really important context. But I want to get to the point of why? why such a threat. But before you answer the question, let me read you a quote from um, uh, this is from uh, former Liberal Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, yep. who um, has described the Voices Movement as quote a very healthy development that allows people to vote for candidates that align with their views. I'm not sure if he'd be using those words if he was still the PM. Right. But anyway. Uh, I want to read what he said to me when he was my guest on the podcast last year. I mean, the thing that the Liberal Party needs to reflect on is that there is a number of hitherto very safe centre-right seats, you know, Liberal slash national seats, which are occupied by small liberal women. Mayo in South Australia, Indi uh, in Victoria, uh, and of course, Warringah in New South Wales, and it's only you know by a few votes it could have been you could have added to that uh, Karen Phelps in Wentworth as well. And you know what that tells you is what that should tell the Liberal Party is that there is a smaller liberal constituency that takes climate change very seriously, uh, that is prepared to vote for somebody other than the Liberal Party and. Uh, but, but but does not, you know, may not vote for Labor or the Greens. If you were making the case for another party, which I'm not, you know, that's something you would point to. So my question to him here was whether he'd consider uh, forming another party. And basically what he's saying is, no, this independence movement is, or the, the insurgence, as, as people are calling it now, is for him is, is where it's actually at in terms of an alternative to the Liberal Party. Mm. So he says... And if you think about mm-hmm. it, in the House of Representatives of 151 seats, um, where every seat counts, naturally, uh, to have three safe liberal seats held by smaller liberal independents, you know, those those metropolitan seats, uh, smaller liberal seats, I think it's, there's a very strong message there. Has the Liberal Party gotten the message from the 2019 election about no. the threat? Well, the Liberal Party has taken a deliberate decision to to abandon these seats. Right. Um, uh, actually, so Kylie Tink is the, uh, the, the independent candidate for North Sydney. Right. She put it really eloquently in her... Uh, her campaign launch, she said that um, she doesn't recognise the Liberal Party and the Liberal Party doesn't recognise her. Right. right. When when Morrison stood up some months ago, he said and said, uh, climate policy will not be dictated by you know, in the inner city wine bars, cafes, and dinner parties. Um, mm-hmm. He was basically saying to Kylie, um, "You don't matter." Right. She's voted Liberal her entire life, and she got loud and clear. Um, you're not the priority. We're listening to other people mm-hmm. these days. Um, and look, I, I think most Australians really aren't strongly left or strongly right. Most Australians are in the middle. We're 
bit left on some things. I think most Australians are a bit left on social issues and maybe a little bit right on, uh, on, on economic issues. So when the party, the Liberal Party, moves further and further to the right, um, where it goes for a decade without having any credible climate policy, where it has a immigration policy that is built around cruelty uh, rather than compassion um, or even the economic value of, of migration, um, and uh, you know, where, where it appeases um, you know, far-right MPs who uh, want to fight against vaccination and um, you know, anti-science messaging when um you're not these... talking about craig kelly are you <laughs> craig kelly and george christensen and uh, uh matt canavan etc um the federal government will will never uh seriously um uh reprimand them or say these you know these, these are not australian values or, or or try to shut them down um where i live in 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 Kuyong, the state seat is held by labor and my council award is held by greens it's it's very much changing and those people um you know, we don't feel represented by uh, by the Liberal Party that Josh Frydenberg votes with every time. Mm-hmm. But most people don't see themselves as 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 going for um, you know, as, as switching their vote to Labor or the Greens, and they're hungry for an alternative. And the independents are coming in and occupying that centre ground, uh, that centre space that Morrison has. Um, uh, he's you know, vacated mm-hmm. quite deliberately vacated mm-hmm. to chase a new vote but taking for granted that he would always have that because there was no alternative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they hate us because we're providing an alternative that the electorate wants. It's, I mean, it sounds what this is a democratic process is what has, is how it unfolds. Yeah, they're hating democracy, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this yeah. is, this is, I mean, this, this is, a, this, this is not a top, I mean, they're having so much trouble understanding this movement. It's not top down. There's no, yeah, there's no cent- voices of central office or there's no charter or franchise or logo mm-hmm. or anything. It's people who read Kathy McGowan's book or watched, uh, you know, might've seen a documentary on what happened in mm-hmm. Indi in 2013, or they've watched Sally, uh, Sally Stegall and they, they have, They've been self-organising. Um, they've been running um, uh, town hall meetings on Zoom all the way through the pandemic. They've been mm-hmm. building up. I've been on many of these town hall meetings where you'll have uh, two, three hundred people on, on, on an evening, listen to experts and talk about the values of what's important in those electorates. This mm-hmm. is this is a democratic revival going on. It's really exciting, mm-hmm. um, really exciting. But the um, yeah, the government doesn't understand it, uh, is, is flip-flopping its messages all over the place. Earlier this week, we had uh, Tim Wilson say that uh, this movement is just going to damage uh, Labor and the Greens. And then the next day, we had Morrison saying this was a front for Labor and the Greens. It's like they, 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 they can't work it out because they don't think they've had much experience with democracy. I, I think you've been kind. I think they, they, they've, they've, they've worked it out and they're trying to find something that will stick, you know, like these different messaging, the contradictory things. It's like, let's see what people respond to because ultimately they want to disempower this movement. And the best way to disempower movements is through fear campaigns. Fear campaigns, I mean, John Howard was a, was a master of it. Um, but they've been used on, on both sides of politics and they're very effective. We saw it with the Medicare campaign. We saw it with the, the death tax. You know, it's kind of become the game now. And I mean, it's almost impossible that we're not going to see a massive scare campaign. And at the there moment... Will, there, there will be a massive scare campaign. At the moment, yep. the one that's that, that I think is being pushed by the Morrison government and which might become, you know, the, the election issue is this fear campaign about a hung parliament. And this is really something that we play on in the Honest Government ad that we've made. Mm. Um, and... Um, Let's get a bit nerdy now. Perhaps you could explain what a hung parliament is and why um, why is the Morrison government 
scaremongering about this potential outcome. Yeah. Um, okay. So hung, hung parliament is when uh, when all the votes are, are tallied and all the yeah, electorates have been decided uh, which you know, which way they went. Uh, it's this. It's it's what you call it when no party on its own uh, um, has a majority of seats. Um, very common in governments. You know, in parliaments all around the world, it's it's the dominant um, outcome in in Europe. Um, not and, in the US and the UK, who, which which oh or maybe the UK, but definitely not in the US, but definitely yes. in a lot of Scandinavian and European countries, Absolutely. it's quite common. Yep. Yeah. Now in Australia, the so it takes seventy six seats to govern. The the Liberal Party only has sixty. Um, it governs only because it forms a coalition agreement with uh, with the National Party, which has 16 seats at the moment, so that gets it, in, this in the lower house, that gets it to just on 76. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with a couple of cross benches, um, well, 76 is, is a majority of uh, of one. Mm-hmm. Hung parliament is what you call it at that moment when no um, no party has a majority. Uh, then the, the MPs that have been duly elected come together and I guess form an agreement on how the next parliament um, might operate when it's clear that a uh, a government can be formed um, where there is confidence in a leader and um, a majority of MPs will give supply, uh, then then we reach a new level of stability called a minority government. And we've had this many times before in, a government, in, in Australia. As, um, so we, we basically have minority government now because the Nationals and, and, and the Liberals have an agreement, a secret agreement between them. Um, but we had a minority government between 2010 and 13. When um, uh, do you remember there was about it was about a two-week period after the election when uh, basically it came down to Tony Windsor and Op- Rob Oakeshott um, spent about two weeks interviewing, working very These are independent uh, candidates. Yeah, independents. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, they were independents from traditionally conservative seats, um, traditionally nationals seats, uh, and they took their responsibility very, very seriously. Uh, they uh, you know, had, had endless consultation with, uh, with Julia Gillard and Tony Abbott, and they formed um, uh, the opinion after much consultation that the best way forward for Australia was to form um, minority government with, um, with, with, with Julia Gillard's party. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of really good things came out of that period. Now it wasn't wasn't just Oakshot and Windsor. We, um, they also had uh, Andrew Wilkie down in Tasmania and Adam Bant from the Greens. And the um, the crossbenchers give the government backbone. They gave uh, Gillard the backbone to bring in um, real you know, climate legislation with teeth. They brought in um, uh, price on carbon that worked. It brought emissions down. Uh, they brought in um, Arena, the Renewable Energy Research Agency, the Clean Energy Finance Corporation. Every, again, everything you said, uh, this, uh, minority government. Uh, so before the, the, the Gillard minority government in 2010, we actually hadn't had a federal minority government since like 1940-something. It's like, it's a, so it was actually quite an unusual mm. thing at the federal level. As you said, state level, it's a much more common thing. Um, but that that minority government that we had in 2010 introduced a lot of um, you know the Clean Energy Act and, and all the things that you've said. Um, which are really good, but um, the way that, that it's played out um, is that it gave Tony Abbott, who um, was the leader of the opposition mm. during the Gillard government, uh, an opportunity which he seized 100%. And mm. He seized to criticise, to attack yep. the Gillard government for this minority government because they basically their argument then became, you see, 
you vote for uh, the Labour Party, you get you get but, the Greens. Even though, as you said, it wasn't like the Greens weren't like there. There was one seat from the Greens yeah. and three from the Independents. So it was actually yeah. a, a majority but, independent crossbench. I mean, say what you will about Tony Abbott, but he was a very effective communicator. Yeah. That, and with the uh, the full weight of uh, the friend, you know, media friendly to him, which, you know, face it, is 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 an incredibly powerful force Advantage. in Australia. Yeah. Um, he was able to prosecute an argument. Um, he was he was able to make uh, that look like an undesirable government. But actually, um, if we look at all of the governance we've been subjected to over the last decade. Um, that's been that's been stronger than any other period, yeah. uh, any other period, and I think it's it's because every idea that uh, has that, that comes to the parliamentary floor has has to be discussed, and mm-hmm. uh, with MPs that you know, one thing I I bang on about if you think about a, m- a member of parliament in the political parties in, in in say the Liberal or Labor Party, number one loyalty for so many MPs is their own career, right? They mm-hmm. they they can see a pathway to the top, um, to either the ministry or maybe even a prime minister. And that number one loyalty is to their career. Number two, probably their their faction. Um, number three, their branch, because they want to get re-elected. Number four, the party. Number five, the donor. And number six, the electorate. Right. Now, if you're an independent MP, you're not going to get into the ministry and you're not going to be prime minister. You're going to parliament for one reason only, your electorate. You're, um, so you know, rather than the six tiers of responsibility with the electorate being number six, the independent is answerable to their communities. And people, I know people have said that, that one of the most amazing things about uh, Kathy McGowan's time in Parliament and Helen Haynes has continued this tradition is you go to their electoral uh, their office in Parliament House and there'll be ordinary citizens from Indi that have come up to see how Parliament works. Uh, and they're being consulted on issues. And then those those MPs go back also to their electorates and they ask people when there's a tough decision, they ask people what, how they should vote. They, mm-hmm. they consult. Um, and tr- most of them are publishing their, uh, uh, their votes and the reason they made their votes. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, I'm told that when you're a gov- government M- MP, as you walk into the chamber, there's a board, a, a, a little... Um, board on the wall where you pick up a pager and it tells you how you're going to vote on every vote. Mm-hmm. And you often get MPs when there's a division and you know the eyes have to stand on one side and the nose on the other. Mm-hmm. People will move across and they'll, they'll say amongst themselves, what are we voting on? They've just, part, they've just looked at their yeah, little right. pager, right? So just that stark difference. Um, well, that excites me. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think, you know, it's been said that it, um, within, you know, on some issues like marriage equality, uh, uh, everyone's allowed to vote their conscience and, you conscience know, votes. normally, yep. um, but with an independent candidate, every, every vote they yeah. make uh, is a conscience It shocked vote. me to learn that there have only been about 30 conscience votes since World War II in Australia. Right. Only 30 times, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there are, you know, there are thousands of votes mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. uh, and in, in almost all of them, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all but 30, the MPs do as they're told. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have some MPs that crossed the floor, but in the last decade, that's, yeah. that's pretty much no, evaporated. Totally. I, I would just say that, you know, that we don't have to get into this, but, uh, you know, the, the flip side of that is that uh, um, there is also a strength in having what you might call party discipline. So if you've got a, a party, you can't pick out, uh, you know, the, I think the danger and concern for some people is that you can, you can, uh, if it comes down to one MP, say Jackie, uh, sorry, one independent like Jackie Lambie or Rex Patrick, um, you, you can 
pick that and just you know that the party can sort of not not buy their vote but they can say hey you know we'll give you a swimming pool in this electorate yeah. or whatever and so they're not constrained by that party discipline and so they can sometimes go in a direction yeah. that you might not want no and that's look that's, i think i think if if more mps were prepared to cross the floor yeah. then then the hazards for that would be reduced so just getting back to the the, the tony abbott um mm. that's that was a very as, as you as you acknowledge that was a very powerful very powerful uh, criticism yep. and Morrison is reviving this uh, criticism now. It's basically, mm. even though it's been ten years, it's all he's got. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's all he's got. Right, yeah. is to try to is to try to take people back to a sense that it wasn't a functioning parliament. But right. uh, yeah, I, and that's and that's one of the challenges that it was it was a highly functional parliament. Um, you know, it got it actually met where you know we've we've moved in recent years to the parliament avoid you're doing everything they can to avoid uh you know to, to reduce the number of sitting days uh in in the parliamentary calendar and to slow down the process but they got through an awful lot of um you know fantastic lot of uh real reforms in australia mm-hmm. and and we um, improving the lot for Australians uh, in positioning ourselves for the 21st century that's you know we're, we're well into means um, means constantly finding the reform and and fighting for the reforms mm-hmm. that make a better country and we, we we've stopped that since the Abbott era right this being the case um, what we're seeing now it seems to me Morrison is has zoned in or honed in on this uh, threat basically saying if you vote for independence you're going to end up with that terrible government that you right. had in uh, in 2010, it's going to be a repeat of all that, yep. and you're not really voting for, uh, or yeah, you're basically voting for for this flawed minority government process. Um, and I just want to count. Uh, I think that the argument that they really that they've found that really resonates with people is that you're not getting what you think you're getting. But can mm-hmm. you argue that really when you vote for the Liberal Party, you're getting what, what you're voting for either? Because as we saw in in the lead up to Glasgow. The Liberal Party can't do anything on climate unless the Nationals uh, uh, yeah, agree yeah. to it. So, in a sense, that is a minority government structure too. And I think people have really that really exposed yes, yes, that we, reality in in the with the net zero target um, debacle, where yeah, basically Barnaby Joyce. We saw that Mar- I mean, yeah. some people call it the the, the Morrison Joyce government. Really, it was right. the Joyce Morrison government. Right, um, Joyce drew a line in the sand saying you will not go past this point and Morrison had to acquiesce to that right. and everything and what was that point it was the action that Morrison took the same policy to Glasgow that Abbott took to Paris you know, right. it's a six-year-old target that Morrison took and the reason he couldn't go any further was because Barnaby Joyce uh, wouldn't wouldn't let him go further so yeah we have a dysfunctional parliament right now I mean think of what's just name one significant reform or one significant thing that Parliament has done since the last federal election. I can't think of one. Oh, there was a wonderful shooting range that they built in. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the clay target <laughs> range. Right, in, yeah. yeah, don't right. forget about that. Son. A lot of a lot of pork. Okay, yeah. apart from the pork, what 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 have we seen in in an entire term? In fact, let's I mean let's take it back to 2013. What have we seen uh, that has advanced uh, the position of Australia in the world or the the life of the average Australian? No, we've seen a lot of things disappear, like car manufacturing industries. Uh, yeah, uh, the tertiary the, sector yeah. sector's been gutted, uh, and then just you know, I think a lot of people are incredibly frustrated about the incompetence uh, through through mm-hmm. this last um, through this COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to round off this conversation, there is a chance that if um, that if the, the Liberal Party loses some seats to um, what we call not shit candidates, meaning climate conscious candidates. 
um, which the Climate 200 movement is supporting, um, it will trigger um, a hung parliament. Could those, do you see a scenario in which those um, uh, independents, as you said, after the 2010 election, you know, there was a mm. real serious consultation process, yeah. like who do we form yeah. minority government is? And obviously Morrison saying, if you vote for these people, they're going to they're going to form minority government with Labor. Yeah. But they could also form a minority government absolutely. with the Morrison government. Yeah, yeah so no, absolutely. Are I think you open to... to that possibility, or you? Look, it's not my choice. Right, it's not my choice. But um, what I what I know is that the Morrison government is not serious about acting on climate change. Um, they've put a line in the sand saying they're not going to move any further. Um, uh, than where Tony Abbott was in 2015. Uh, on the last day of the Glasgow conference, uh, there was a communicator everyone signed on to, including Australia, saying that we would come back next year with revised 2030 targets. And less than 24 hours later, Australia said, no, we're not going to, right? We, we've drawn a line in the sand. They've said we will not go further than Tony Abbott's climate policy. So um, uh, I think it's untenable that uh, that, that government stays... Um, you know, uh, governing the country while they have while they're immovable on that on mm-hmm. the, on that and and the, and the same thing with integrity to to not have a federal integrity commission mm-hmm. when we have seen so much corruption uh, mm-hmm. let's let's be frank it is corruption we've seen so much in the, in this last term uh, and I mean this this year has been shocking uh, revelations on treatment and safety of women from from uh, you know. Um, well, Brittany Higgins, uh, Grace Tame, the, um, Julia Banks's revelations in in her book, Christine Holgate, uh, the um, uh, Kate, the, um, the the accuser of, uh, in the Christian Porter um, uh, allegations, which he strenuously denies, uh, and um, uh, and um, Rochelle Miller, um, just in in recent weeks. And the government response to all of this has been close to nothing. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, he's, he's, he said that women are lucky that they're not getting shot, shot at. in the street. Uh, so is this another so, reason they're shitting themselves? Because almost all of these candidates, independent candidates, are women. Mm. And can the Morrison That's, even handle like a crossbench full of like well, fiery, I mean, outspoken, well, educated I, women? One, one thing it's fascinating. So, so it's it, it does. I know of sixteen independent candidates, most mm-hmm. of whom are announced. Um, Fourteen of which are women, mm-hmm. um, and. When I go around to these, um, you know, meet up with voices of online seminars or have met, met a few of them in person, I am amazed and, you know, impressed that about 80% of the people who turn up to these are women. Not surprisingly, uh, 80% of the candidates that they've put forward uh, are women and very, very impressive, strong women, women who have got, who've had a gutful of where we are and the inaction on this issue. Right. So Morrison, um, he... He could very much, could very well be in a position in a few months' time where he has to sit down and negotiate with this crossbench to form government and to have spent the months leading up to the election denigrating and insulting them um, seems like a pretty poor strategy to me. Right. So we've spoken a lot about the criticism and attacks that are coming from the government. They're, they're not the only people worried about what Climate 200 and the Voices movement is doing. There's also concerns um, from Labor voters and from Greens voters mm. that um, that this will peel votes away from them. Um, and um, and I think, yeah, so perhaps could you just, is there anything you can say to, to those people who have these concerns? Yeah. Are you, is, is this movement a threat? We, look, we, we all know about the concept of marginal seats. Can you explain, just in case people aren't... Sorry, I said that. everyone understands, but yeah. let me take it through. That there, look, in, 
there are 151 seats in any election. There's really only 20 or 30 seats that are in play. Uh, everyone in you know the political class goes into it knowing which no, knowing which seats are vulnerable. They're either um, very well. They're, they're, they're you know polling and demographic shifts uh, mm-hmm. tell the pollsters uh, tell the strategists that these particular 30 seats are where the action is. Mm-hmm. And there are a whole lot of seats. The vast majority of seats in Australia. I hate to tell. Uh, your, your 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 viewers and listeners that uh, in most of those seats you know, vote you, you don't matter they're safe right yeah <laughs> they're safe yeah. right they're not going to flip Can so I, that's that's a marginal seat right it's very interesting because marginal sounds like it's on the margins that it doesn't matter but actually no they're the, held by a fine right. margin so and in the states in the United States they call them swing I think that's swing, swing states, states which I think is a is a, yeah. is a better state because it's like oh it could swing either way yeah. marginal makes yeah. it sound like it's not important but actually no, right. these are the most important seats no we, we, that, uh, it's better terminology I think in the US right. that swing yeah that they, they're in play um, right now so having explained that okay yeah so this independence movement is creating a new class of se- uh, seats they are um, they are swing seats, but they're not. You know, this swing in Australia is swing between Labor, uh, Labor Greens, and um, and and, and uh, Liberal National, mm-hmm. right? Swing. Um, these independent seats um, are bringing a whole lot of whole bunch of other seats in play. And there's probably going to be fifteen to twenty of them where mm-hmm. there will be a strong independent candidate. Um, and it's unsurprising that they've risen up in areas that are government held. Right now, um, you know, often, people often say, like, you know, why, why are they all coalition seats? They're coalition seats because the coalition's in government. Yeah. If if we had a Labor government and people were as pissed with off with the yeah. Labor government as they're pissed off with the Morrison government, yeah. you would see uh, independents running in those seats. But right. in the in in this coming election, there are going to be. 15 to 20 seats to watch where there'll be an independent running in almost court cases. Safe liberal seats. not Considered safe. Right. Right? Considered safe. So these independents aren't running in, in what we call marginal or swing states between that could go Labour They're or not, So So these independents are almost all not running in what the pollsters would call, call marginal seats. Right. right. They're running in seats where we call them safe liberal because the liberals there are safe against Labour and Greens. Mm -hmm. Their seats like Warringah, where Zali Stegall is. Mm -hmm. um, Warringah was never going to Mm. choose Labour or Greens. Right. So this is what Malcolm was saying in that quote. These are seats that where people won't vote. Very. That's why Morrison's taken them for granted. Right. Like North Sydney, it's it's, I think it's the fourth richest electorate in the country. Um, They're progressive, but they just don't identify as Labour or on on the whole. Uh, as Labour or Greens. And Kuyong, the same. Right. Goldstein, where Tim Wilson is, the same. These seats are, they're safe against Labour. Right. But what our thesis is, and our polling shows this absolutely the case, is that they're not safe against an independent that is speaking to the centre. Yeah. So if I understand you correctly, uh, if people are Labour voters or Greens voters, if I understand what you're saying correctly, is it, 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 this isn't a threat because we're not we're not talking about seats that would ever go Labour or Greens threat, anyway. It's not a threat to Liberals in seats where there's not this dynamic either. Right. So just as there's only about twenty marginal seats, mm-hmm. um, there's only about twenty of these um, government independent fights. Mm-hmm. The other 
110, 120 seats in the country. I'm sorry, you're, 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 you're the main, the main event is elsewhere. Yeah, and, and in a way, that's uh, climate 200 is. Um, we we are speaking to people around the country. Um, we, we are providing them an, an avenue. If you live in one of these, you know, boring seats where there's not going to be, uh, there's no real game mm-hmm. playing, you can contribute to the fights that are happening in the seats that are mm-hmm. in play mm-hmm. through Climate 200. That's who we're speaking to. Right. And, and six and a half, uh, 6,700 people I, I saw this morning have donated to Climate 200 so far. Right. So this is, um, so this is you, a growing if, movement. If you happen to be living in one of these 15 seats, safe, safe considered liberal seats, you've got a chance to change this government. If you're not living in one of those seats, just vote how you normally would. Vote how you normally would, right? right. This, is, this is no threat right. to... Um, uh, to, to any yeah. um, uh, candidate outside these seats. Right. But if you are in one of these seats and you want it to flip and you're a Labor or Greens voter, right. your best bet is to put your number one preference with the independent. And if they can come in, um, they might come in first uh, um, and, and in first preferences and, and easily get across the line. Um, and we expect that for, uh, for Helen Haynes and Zali Steele, for a whole bunch of others. Um, they'll come in second, but they'll, they, will, they will roll up on preferences for a win. So if you're, yeah, again, if you're, you're Labor and Greens and you're not in one of these seats, Mm-hmm. Do what you normally do. Yeah, and I mean, there's if if and if you are a, a liberal voter or even Labor voter, there's always. I mean, we have an amazing electoral system. The preferential voting system is a really good. Like, you like I look it. at the UK and I look at the US, and I'm like, how does that even? How do people even matter? It gets worse and worse. You're always worth, You're always mm. forced to vote for the lesser of the two shits, basically. Whereas here, you can actually. And I really encourage people to watch the preferential voting video that we made, to which this one that we've just made about hung parliament as a companion. Because, you know, there's an added layer of safety to to what we're just saying is that if you are in one of these seats and you and you want to see some change, you can put one for one of these climate conscious, integrity conscious uh, independence. And you can put two for the Liberal Party so that, you know, you know that if they don't win, it'll still go to the Liberal Party anyway or Labor or whatever your second preference is. Yeah, you have to put the independent one. We we we, um, in the last in the the last parliament, um, Karen Phelps she 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 narrowly got in uh, in the by-election and she narrowly lost. Um, even though she increased her primary slightly, she she lost in the federal election in 2019. Fascinating. You know, she she improved her primary, um, but it was all on preference flows uh, that she lost. And it was it was so close. If only 1,200 uh, voters had in their preferences down the ticket, if 1,200 voters had put uh, Karen ahead of Labor rather than the other way around. Karen Phelps would be the member for Wentworth. Right. So it, it can be very, very, uh, very, very close. You know, right. a, you know, a, a very close win or a close loss. And unfortunately, in politics, coming yeah. second no, doesn't totally. count for much. I, I, I feel like m- my message again is like you know, if you think about how to vote, you get to know the preferential voting system because what it does is it really makes your vote count. If you, if you want to throw your vote away, just give it to one of the party. You know, give vote one for Labor or Liberal. They were going to win that seat anyway. But if you really want to make it count and go further actually put someone first who really represents their views but, and then you can put Liberal Party second or Labour Party and second that, and you're making your vote really count. If, if, you're, if you're frustrated that Australia hasn't made progress on climate, integrity or treatment of women and you have one of these strong independent candidates running, you have to put them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a chance, mm-hmm. there's a very real chance in a lot of these seats mm-hmm. that we're going to have change. And as, as a... As, as you do so well in your video, explain 
things are so finely balanced that just one or two independents might be what it needs mm -hmm. to give the next government of whichever stripe to give them the backbone to deal with these issues. Yeah. Now, um, I, I really want to ask you this question as well, because basically when we're talking about independence, we're talking about not shit independence. And it's very clear because there are some shit. <laughs> oh, there's some shit independence. There's, yeah. And that's that's one of the things we're, we're up against that some people have, you know, I guess, uh, you know, um, Pauline Hanson was the original shit you know, in our lifetimes, the original shit independent. Right. She started mm -hmm. not as a party, but Pauline Hanson, a rogue independent. And she was shit. She still mm -hmm. is. I just want to make it clear that the way we define shit and not shit is I've narrowed it down to climate policy because, you know, there are some <laughs> people go, oh, well, Pauline Hanson says this, which I like. And say, yeah, but if you're looking at a climate policy, which just so happens to be the thing that, you know, will decide whether the human uh, species will continue living on the planet, which is Small kind thing. of important. Kind of. <laughs> you can make a draw, draw a line between who is shit and not shit. But I want to ask you this because, OK, so all these candidates are pro-climate. But I think the question that's, that some people might have then, why not support the Greens? Because they have, they've had all of these policies. They've been, yeah. you know, strong science-based policies. Yep. They've put forward a bill for an anti-corruption watchdog. Yeah. So, and I think well, some people might feel like, why, why not, you yeah. know, vote for them? Well, I, look, I, I hate to say it, I mean, um, but in, in like Kuyong, where I live, um, the Greens are not in a position where they can win, uh, uh, where, where they can win a seat in the federal election. They uh, can win a, um, uh, a local government ward, um, and we've seen Labor win a state government uh, division. But uh, in, in these seats like Warringah, I mean, we have to face it, these, these seats are, um, they are centre-right, um, they are fiscally conservative, and they don't identify culturally with the Greens. They, if, if you took them down with a blind, you know, took them through a blind taste test of, of policies, I think many would be surprised uh, where, you know, where they sit on, on the spectrum. But we've done, we've done focus groups uh, and uh, electorates in the, so voters in these electorates, they, um, they vote liberal holding their nose. And you, um, they, but they don't see, you know, they don't see themselves as part of the tribe of uh, Labor and the Greens, even though on things, on, on the issues like climate and uh, integrity and women, um, they would have a lot in common. Now, they may not have progressive policies on, um, I don't know, franking credits or whatever, um, but you know, you, you're, um, it, it's a real case, I think, of, of uh, perfect and being the enemy of the good. And uh, in this case, the good fighting for the things that really matter. Um, wow, we, can, we, we, we don't want to go back uh, or we don't want to have another three years of what we've just been through or another nine years of what we will have been through by the time the election campaign mm -hmm. comes around. Um, Simon, thanks for answering all these questions. I just want to ask you one more, one more thing. That the Morrison government, with Labor's support, has just introduced amendments to electoral laws which uh, force entities to register as a significant third party if they spend more than $250,000 on electoral yeah. expenditure. A lot of people are saying this is aimed at you, at the Climate yeah. 200 and the Voices movement. <laughs> it's quite Is funny. it a threat? It hasn't no. been. Right. No, um, we, we, we're scratching our heads. So we were going to register as a, uh, as, as a political campaigner in February, um, but because of this, um, these changes, we had to register. Um, we registered you know, a few days before, before this recording. Um, right. So that's the only impact that came to us, was filling out a form and sending it off to the AEC. Um, no, this doesn't affect us, and it doesn't affect it doesn't affect the independents. It doesn't affect the um, the voices of or any of the other groups working for 
you know, uh, working directly on democratic reform. But it does affect the charity sector. And, as, and through my work with the Australian Environmental um, Grant Makers Network, mm-hmm. uh, seen firsthand that environmental organisations are getting pushed out of the public sphere. They uh, are increasingly afraid to speak up and advocate on behalf of the environment. And this is just another one of the measures that the government is using uh, to shut down, um, shut down debate to right. push people out, push inconvenient actors out of the public sphere. We need, we need quiet Australians, uh, you know, that don't uh, don't speak up. I, <laughs> yeah, the gov- certainly the government is, is creating yeah. a whole new class of quiet, quiet Australians. Australians. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, I lied about that being the last question because I, I really want, want want you to end um, just by you know you've you, we spoke about the seats where these independents are running. Um, can you just name some of them and maybe we'll put them up on the screen? And- Gee, uh, I hope I don't forget any of them. Um, you can tell a little story about each one. <laughs> so um, Wentworth, which was held by Malcolm Turnbull and then Karen Phelps and now Dave Sharma. Um, Allegra Spender is running for that. And you know, Allegra, um, it's funny that talking about this group as being um, a front for Labor. Um, Allegra's father was a Liberal MP. Allegra, a liberal family, yeah. Right. Alleg- Allegra's grandfather uh, negotiated the ANZUS Treaty uh, <laughs> and was Menzies' treasurer. Right. right. Uh, she's a successful businesswoman. Um, uh, she just happens to think that looking after the you know the, the planet that will support her children um, is is kind of important. Right. Um, so definitely not a, a green communist Marxist uh, cultural Marxist. No. that's they've been painted. By <laughs> no, the which would disappoint the uh, the greens cultural <laughs> Marxists, right? Um, uh, yeah, she's not going to agree with them on everything. Um, right. Uh, then um, North Sydney, Trent Zimmerman's seat. Uh, Kylie Tink is an excellent candidate. Uh, there. Um, she's got a real, uh, a lot of momentum behind her doing so well. Um, McKellar is the seat north of, uh, you know, up, up the Sydney northern beaches, uh, one north of Warringah, where Zali Stegel is. Um, uh, McKellar, Sophie Scomps uh, is challenging Jason Falinski mm-hmm. uh, yeah. up in McKellar. Um, then uh, Hume, Angus Taylor's seat, uh, that stretches from Sydney's southern suburbs uh, all the way down Goulburn and below, um, uh, south of there. And um, uh, Penny Ackery, is, is, uh, a teacher, is um, uh, challenging that. Mm-hmm. Um, then when you get to Victoria, we've got uh, Dr. Monique Ryan in Kuyong, um, uh, head of paediatric neurology at the Royal Children's Hospital. She's challenging Josh Frydenberg. Uh, we've got Zoe Daniel, former ABC foreign correspondent in Goldstein, um, challenging Tim Wilson. Your um, mate. The, the, yeah. you, you guys get on well. We, so we, well get, on, on we get on really well. Um, that's um, that's uh, sort of in the Brighton and uh, on the beaches, Sandringham down on, on the beaches. Um, right. uh, Flinders, um, there are actually two candidates in, in Flinders um, that are... Uh, we, you know, um, that, that are challenging the seat. That's um, um, well, Greg Hunt has has uh, um, uh, is, is indicated that he will retire at the next election, and we don't know who's been pre-selected uh, to to replace him. Um, then there's, um, there's there's a strong independent Rob Priestley in uh, in the seat of Nichols next to Indi. Um, uh, I forgot in, um, in in Hughes in up in Sydney, uh, Craig Kelly's seat. There's two independents uh, there. Um, Craig's, uh, I don't know if Craig will really contest that seat. He's not even polling single digits. Oh, sorry, he's, he's in the single digits. He's not even in double digits mm-hmm. yet. So it's unlikely that Craig um, would run in that seat. He'll probably move to the Senate and try to do something right. for, for, for Clive Palmer. You just Palmer don't Palmer. know what Clive Palmer's <laughs> going to do at the last minute. Yeah. I'm just like, that's the, you know, that's the yeah. wild card. <laughs> exactly. You don't know. Um 
yeah, you don't know. And, you know, he spent $84 million on the last election and won it for the coalition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's probably, I mean, what, what he will do, he'll denigrate both parties right to the end and two weeks before the election, he'll flip his allegiance across to the, to, to the Liberal National Coalition right. and he'll win the, you know, he'll, he'll try to win the election right, for them. Right. That's what, it, that's yeah. what he'll do. Um, over in um, South Australia, Joe Dyer has announced. Um, uh, uh, Joe uh, was one of the spokespeople for the Friends of of, of Kate, um, uh, who, who that from the Christian Porter allegations, he, which he denies, I have to say. Um, and you don't want to get sued again. I don't yeah. want to get sued. Um, yeah. And then up in Queensland, uh, Susie Holt, who um, I, I, I haven't met, but he's a very strong candidate in um, Groom, which is around the Toowoomba area, um, uh, is running. So there, in Tasmania, there's there, there's some people. Um, Putting, you know, there's a there's a party looking at a um, a Senate uh, a, a go at the Senate, and I think mm -hmm. um, uh, I think that's very very interesting there. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of candidates in the ACT Senate, uh, very strong there. Um, uh, Kim uh, Rubenstein and um, uh, just announced very recently David Pocock, the rugby player, um, both announced for the ACT Senate. Um, nothing so far in WA, where where I'm from. Right. <laughs> um, where, what do you think? Are you thinking of getting into politics, Simon? Is that you know? No, would you I think ever I'm, run? I'm 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 close enough to the action, and right. it's not no, not 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 for me. But um, uh, I think what I'm doing is the most effective thing right. I can be doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't mention uh, obviously there's a lot of other um, seats, but for example, there's also obviously Greens candidates like and again uh, Sonia Sammons is one for example yeah. who's running in Higgins. A impressive candidate in Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So there are independents, there are green green candidates um, who are. All, as you said, trying to, um, um, you know, run on a, on, a, on a platform of strong climate policy, uh, integrity, um, and um, you know, and if you live in one of these seats, you know, you have an opportunity to to make a change. Work out how preferential voting works. You, it really makes a difference. Help other people to understand it. Maybe share our video or explain it in your own words. What you know, whatever works. But put the um, indie number one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and. Um, just to finish off, Simon, I um, you've been taking a lot of heat for for you know you've put yourself in a position. How are you coping with that all that personally? No, it's you, um, no I, I, how's so your I, skin? Is it thick? <laughs> is it, how are you dealing with it all? Is it stressful? No, no it's. I, 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 someone asked me the other day. I, I did. I spent six years at boarding school. This is right. nothing compared to boarding school. Right? <laughs> Lights off. You've been at like night in Lord of the school. Flies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I've I've survived Lord of the Flies. This is right. nothing compared to that. Um, okay. I mean, it's it. it I mean, it's it's very gratifying to see this. You know, I mean, it's, it's real democratic revival in and the meeting amazing people around the country. Um, it's it's this is uh, it's very exciting, and I'm I'm, I'm loving it. And you know, none of the uh, I, I haven't felt any of the attacks have been uh, personal and landed a blow yet. Right. Fingers crossed. Right, right, right. Well, you know, thanks for you know, a lot of the people who, who stepped up. I just want to sort of say, like, you know, the people who have stepped up to become independent candidates, they're like average Australians, they're workers, they're doctors. You know, it takes quite a lot of, <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to, to put yourself in this position. But it's a big decision to stand up because hmm. you, when, you, when you stand up, I mean, when Oliver Yates stood up last time um, to stand against the treasurer, a phone call was made to his work and he was let go that same day. Right. Um, when you stand up against this government, you will never get a job in the public service. Uh, you'll never get a government appointment or a cushy little position on the Administrative Affairs Tribunal. Um, if you've got a government contract um, for, you know, you've got a business that does work for the government, it won't be renewed. When you stand up against this government, a lot of doors will close. Um, so it's a really big decision. 
it's a really big decision. You've got to really, really want it mm-hmm. uh, and to think that that risk is worth it. So my hat's off to the mostly women um, and a few men who have decided that it's worth it. It's worth it. So, yeah, while they, at one level, are ordinary Australians, they're extraordinary Australians. They've got all of these opportunities before them and they're putting them putting themselves on the line, um, putting themselves to much more risk than I have. Which is why uh, it's been referred to as an insurgence, because it does feel like a little bit of a sort of like a Star Wars uh, rebellion. <laughs> that's uh, you know. That, yeah, maybe there's coming. some safety in numbers. Um, yeah. yeah, but they are they're they're extraordinary people, and I hope that mm-hmm. Australia gets to meet them mm-hmm. as as uh, representatives yeah. on the crossbench so of the next government. These people have 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 stepped up. Now it's up to us to support them if 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 that's you know we want time and i i really want to thank you for coming back the last time you came on the podcast we geeked out about energy policy and i really want to you know (laughs) what's going to be next time yeah well we'll see (laughs) yeah um and you know thank you again for helping people to understand a lot of stuff like you know if you don't follow simon we'll put on twitter uh, we'll put the link in the in the show notes um and simon's like i've learned a lot of stuff from simon explaining energy policy and climate policy and you know land use and all emissions you're a very good (laughs) science communicator and now you've put on another hat which is actually trying to provide a, um, a political solution um, or at least facilitate a political solution so thanks for not being a quiet Australian <laughs> thanks for coming thank back you. on the podcast and uh, yeah hope to have you back soon thank you very much and remember vote one independent <laughs> well that brings us to the end of this episode of the juice media podcast whether you're just learning about electoral politics or someone who's been following it closely I hope there was something there for you Before I go, I want to point out that this Honest Government ad about hung parliaments is the follow-up to our Honest Government ad about preferential voting, which if you haven't already seen, I encourage you to, because it helps to explain how to use preferential voting to elect not-shit candidates. Over a million people have seen the preferential voting video in the three years since we made it, so I'm hoping that many more voters at this election have a better understanding of how it works, and of how, unlike the US and the UK, where you're forced to vote for the lesser of two evils, we have an awesome electoral system that allows you to safely vote one for a not shit candidate because as long as you put shit or shit light after them depending on your preference your vote will flow to your second choice should your not shit candidate fail to get enough votes to win their seat so it's a win-win if you want to follow simon holmes a court or learn more about the climate 200 movement and support the various independent candidates mentioned you'll find links in the video description on youtube or the show notes if you're listening on your podcast app thanks to alan for helping to produce and edit the juice media podcast and as always thank you to our patrons who make the podcast and the honest government ads possible in particular our patron producers who support us via our highest patron tier of hundred dollars a month thank you if you value our work, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the juice media. You've been listening to the juice media podcast with me, Giordano. We'll be taking a break in January to recharge and get ready before the election shit show next year. So I want to wish you and your loved ones all the best for the new year ahead. I'll catch you when we publish our next honest government ad. Until then, take care.